podcast where we share the super cool backstories and side gigs of the research and insights pros that you trust. Today's guest is Katie McDonald, who is currently enterprise sales director and a mighty good one, I might add, at a really cool research technology company called Fuel Cycle. Now, if you're familiar with Fuel Cycle, uh, which you probably are, you know that they have really innovative platforms for maintaining constant contact and connections with customers, prospects, and users. But you don't have to take my word for it. They are a top 50 grit innovator, a top 24 quirks marketing qualitative, qualitative research firm, uh, and members of the Inc. 5000. So really, really cool company. Now, Katie did find her way to research but she did so by way of a very interesting upbringing in a small town, Iowa. <laughs> so um, being from Minnesota, I know all about that. Um, so we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into that and much more on today's podcast. So welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Matt. Yeah. Super excited to have you very much. So, uh, so let's, let's start out with research and we'll get into the, We'll get into the good stuff. Um, <laughs> so, so how did you how'd you find your way into research in the first place? Yeah. So originally, I wanted to work in an ad agency. Um, so I graduated with a degree in advertising and an emphasis in consumer behavior. I always found like the psychology behind why we do you know what we do interesting. Um, then I interned at an ad agency and was like. Oh, never mind. That's not for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, not it. Um, so then I went into some weird <clears throat> tech sales job where I quickly, you know, realized I love sales, but I have to be super passionate and into what I'm selling, or it's I can't do it. Um, and so then eventually I was recruited by Gut Check to be a BDR. Um, and I remember okay. my first yeah. day. They were still pretty small. Gut Check has come, you know, they're an amazing company, still love them today, made a lot of friends there, but I started, I was employee 13. Um, so on my first day, I like walked in and it was just a empty office space with 13 card tables set up in a circle. And I was like, oh God, I think <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> um, but ended up working out, loved it, and have been in research ever since. And I feel like every job has been a nice little stepping stone into the next. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, so a couple questions about that. So, you said you studied advertising and consumer behavior, and that was at Iowa State, right? Mm -hmm. And then I worked on the um, in the ad department, selling ads for the Iowa State Daily. So that was kind of oh, cool. Really fun. Yeah. Cool. Now I have to ask because episode number twenty was <laughs> with Dr. Douglas Gentile, who's a psychology professor at Iowa State. Uh, did you have Doug at all as a professor while you were there? I don't think so. Um, although it's been a while. So I, I remember like Jay Newell and some of my um, like key professors that I had multiple times, but I, I can't remember everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know what, if you, if you had them, uh, you would remember, uh, I would imagine. So, so all good. Um, okay. So gut check 2013. I remember <clears throat> uh, working for other companies and just hearing how disruptive gut check was you know it's like 
it almost seemed like it was becoming uh, a verb, right? We're gonna gut check it kind of thing. So you must have been there for some of that explosive growth. Yeah, um, it was really awesome. But we, I mean, when I started there, agile wasn't a word you were hearing. Like everyone is agile now. I actually right. hate the word agile. I'm like, I feel Not like sure it feels like it's meaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the time, that wasn't really heard of. Like if a project didn't take a month and cost $50,000, it wasn't worth doing. And so trying to, shift people's mindset into there is a easier better way you can do some of this like i definitely think the bigger projects still you know have a time and a place but um it was fun it was fun to kind of disrupt the industry and change people's minds when it comes to research and how it should be done yeah cool cool so so what what attracted you to fuel cycle yeah um i really missed qualitative. And ironically, I sold against communities for like the bulk of my career, um, which is funny to me. But I also think the, just the landscape in general is changing. Like, yes, fresh sample is great, but I think having the ability to have that constant customer connection and tap in as often as needed, like on a whim is, is really, really powerful. So um, that was kind of what initially led me here. And it's been fun. It's a truly amazing company um, working on some really, really cool things. Cool. Awesome. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's head back in time here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back in time. Uh, and if this story, uh, what I remember from when we, we chatted this before is that it involves a house that was quite literally shaped like an owl. Um, and so you showed me the picture, so I can I can vouch for that. A house that looks like an owl. So let's go back. Uh, where do you want to start with that one? <laughs> I had um, a very unique <laughs> childhood. Um, so maybe we talk about how we got to the to the owl <laughs> owl house. All right. Um, so my dad is a he's an artist. He's a wood carver. He carves like Santas and tree spirits out of cottonwood bark. So I grew up going to a lot of like Renaissance festivals and art shows and things like that. Sure. Um, and when I was in first grade, he got on QVC and sold out like almost instantly. It was, it was really cool to watch. Um, and I think that kind of gave him the confidence to be like, oh, I want to do this full time. So then and this he, was the Santas that he was selling on QVC? Um, he carved, I think it was like a tree spirit in a bobbin. I don't know if you know what a bobbin is. Um, it's like an old wood spool. <laughs> okay <Got it. laughs> like okay um if you look it up you can probably find it but um so we moved to walnut iowa um super small town like 800 people small um and bought the owl house which is shaped like an owl painted bright yellow couldn't miss it yeah um, pretty fun to be the new kid at school when you move into the owl house um, <laughs> So that was kind of uh, a tea room slash gift shop slash artist studio. Um, and then eventually we, they bought another restaurant downtown uh, called Ampy's Kitchen. And uh, we, we really monopolized the, the eating out in Walnut Iowa. I think it was like, you go there or McDonald's was the only other one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, grew up waiting tables and cooking and pretty much running a restaurant <laughs> so so the owl house was part residence and part 
commercial? Is that how that worked? Yeah. So we, when we first moved there, um, we lived in the upstairs. So it was just two bedrooms. It was my parents' room and then me and my brothers. And then the downstairs was like the kitchen tea room shopping area. So that was, that was weird. And unfortunate, I had to get rid of all my pets because you can't have animals in a kitchen. So. Ah, bummer, bummer. Okay. So you, um, did you help out at all? I, I mean, I'm just thinking about what it would take to sell handmade carvings on QVC, right? All of a sudden it's just like whoosh, hundreds, maybe thousands of orders. How, how does that production line get done? Yeah, I mean, he worked basically constantly for like a week. Um, I was pretty small, so I didn't help out. I, he never taught me how to do it because he was scared I'd chop my fingers off, which is um, <laughs> just fair. I probably would have, but I just watched my little brother while he uh, he and my mom kind of put all that together. But it was a lot because you have to have, if you don't hit the mark, I think it was like a thousand or 800 or something like that, you can't participate. So um, it's very stressful, but I got a cat out of it, out of all that babysitting. So. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't imagine carving a thousand things. Mm -hmm. um, that's really something cool. Um, but you decided so you're doing the the rent fairs and your waiting tables at the restaurant. Um, you're doing all this stuff, right? And so this was kind of your reality. How do you how do you transition from kind of that that whole environment to Hey, now I'm going to school and I'm going to find a nine to five job. And well, I mean, jobs are nine to five, but I'm going to find a, a corporate job. Right. Uh, it feels like two so, such totally different worlds. Yeah, I think. I think watching my parents like have their own business was really interesting, but it also scared me because it's very, you know, it's not consistent. So I ended up swinging the complete opposite way. Um, and I think that's why I liked advertising because it's, or even consumer behavior, but it's, um, you know, you can still be creative. There's still, you know, it's not like engineering, not that engineering is like creative, but um, it just had more of that creative outlet. And then with sales, you can kind of have your own business. Like I treat my own, you know, patch of business like my own business. Right, right. Um, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Right. Um, and I definitely, after years of working in a kitchen and just smelling like French fries every day, was like, this is not, I cannot <laughs> stay here and take this over. It is not in the cards for me. <laughs> I yeah. got to get there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, where if you've got a, a job in business development, I mean, you essentially own your, your accounts, right? You own your, your patch or your territory, uh, but you do have a little bit of that safety net, right? With yeah the company working for a company. Yeah, it makes sense. So is there, given the fact that um, you had kind of this, this unorthodox, say, uh, upbringing, um, is there anything you learned from that experience that you have taken into corporate life? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first started waiting tables, I was so shy, like couldn't speak <laughs> to anyone shy. Um, right. Like, no strangers <laughs> hated it. Uh, super introverted and so I think I didn't really have a choice so you kind of had to just work through it yeah. um, so that's definitely helped uh, also listening I feel like when you this sounds kind of cheesy so just bear with me but um, 
if you don't like talking, I realized very quickly, because I mean, small town restaurant, everyone wants to chit chat and you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to do this. Um, but if you ask the right questions, you can just listen and then they'll you know, talk about themselves. So I think that's really paid off um, in sales or I don't even like sales, yeah. I like to think of like more of like consulting because, you know, I'm not just going to sell you something that you don't need. I want to know what, you know, what your problem is, what I can sure. help you with. And you can't do that if you can't, you know, shut up and listen. Yep. Um, and then also just general work ethic. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to work for your parents, but you learn very quickly, you got to do it right the first time or you're going to get up before school and go back to the restaurant and vacuum correctly because you were lazy about it. <laughs> you, you can't really, you can't really punch out and uh, say goodbye to your boss. <laughs> oh no. And they will find you. Uh, <laughs> Dorothy did the same thing last week. You didn't make her come back. It's, it's like, she's not my kid. So <laughs> Yeah, I think all that kind of set the stage for um, a successful you know, professional career. Yeah, cool, cool. That's uh, really interesting. All right, so Fuel Cycle is, you know, pretty disruptive company in this space, um, you know, really bringing technology to the fore, bringing new ideas and new solutions to the table. So I'm curious in your, in your time there, you know, with, with that sort of around you, what, what do you see on the horizon for market research? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think one, um, I feel like a new hot topic that is definitely gonna pick up more is the democratization of research and just yeah, empowering teams, you know, who maybe aren't necessarily on the insights team to take on some of those projects themselves. I'm sure you experience mm -hmm. this all the time too, but insights people are, they're busy. <laughs> like they don't have any time. So if you can push some of that off, um, just like the brand or the marketing or the product team and have them um, be able to do that without being worried, I feel like there's still some hesitation that we're going to hand over the reins and they're going to present, you know, a statistically significant sample size of 10 in a meeting or something. Yeah. Um, but I think technology has come a long way. And so um, like feels like well, something called ignition. And so it's all like leaning on automation and people, I think, makes it really, really easy to make that a reality. Um, yep. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to add is just, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I think the consumer landscape in general is changing. Um, it's like something like 40% of Gen Z will cancel you if you like mess up. And not just like from a product standpoint, but from like, a value standpoint so politically environmentally like you have to right. be on your game and so i think just the ability to have those quick insights at your fingertips is really really important especially as because i mean they're the future um not that everyone else isn't important but um i think that people are expecting more from brands and so they're gonna have to have to do more yeah yeah definitely um especially since like the notion of canceling anything is so much easier now. Like you, you want to cancel a subscription, you just do it. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, you sign on with something else and then you move on. You know, it feels like that whole process used to be, uh, you know, so much more laborious or, you know, such a bigger deal, but now I guess like with apps and everything, it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's hard for like three seconds and then it's like, Oh, forget it. I'm out. Yeah. try something else right and that, that kind of mindset you know 
flows into you know all of the relationships that that people have with products and brands yeah and i think too there's just more out there like um before you know you had your big right. players and now there's a ton of smaller startups who are doing really really good jobs um and kind of breaking through the clutter and so it's not you know oh i have this is my only option like these two it's you have a ton ton of options if someone messes yeah. up so yeah definitely see how people keep up with one another yeah cool all right so this is this is a podcast right katie so um i don't know if you listen to other podcasts but uh, it doesn't have to be podcast, just real general question. So thinking about the media that you choose to consume for insight or inspiration or or even enjoyment, what's what's on the list for you? Yeah, um, well, obviously I love the Rock and Roll Research podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, another podcast I'm really into is How I Built This. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure you've heard of it, but I think that's super interesting just to hear how people kind of got started. Um, I think the Stitch Fix and the Spanx are probably my favorite or the Wayfair. They were kind of using Google Analytics analytics before um, anyone really knew what to do with it. To right. Um, I also love to read. I don't know. Have you heard of the book Orbiting the Giant Hairball? I have not. Okay. That is usually the response I get, um, but it is one of my favorite books. I will, I give it as a gift. I reread it often, but it's by the um, creative director at Hallmark. Okay. I think it's Gordon McKenzie. Um, and it's a really unique book, but it's basically a bunch of short lessons that um, all come together at the end, but it's about how like even the most innovative organizations can become just this giant, messy hairball of rules and traditions and systems um, based on what's worked in the past. And that really stifles creativity. Um, and so how, you know, how to survive in corporate America without getting sucked into that and still right. be creative, but recapture that energy and put it into a corporate environment. I don't know. It's really, really good. I, uh, yeah. You know, when I'm feeling uninspired or again, give it as gifts sometimes as a, a hint that maybe we're turning into a hairball and we should uh, look at this, but uh, it's really, really good, really, really good book. If you ever have a chance to check it out. Yeah. I think I'll check that out. It sounds like it's a quick read, right? Oh yeah. I mean, there's like pictures, there's doodles, like, yeah, I think one chapter is like one sentence and it's just Orville Wright didn't have a pilot's license or something like that. So like, yeah. it's very easy. Yeah, you know, I can I can really relate having worked for some startups at various sizes. You know, once you kind of reach that level, I don't know, 50 million, somewhere like 50 to 100 million, somewhere in there, all of a sudden, you know, you're you've got all of this new process and all these new platforms and all this stuff, right? And uh, more things to do to get everything done. And now you can't just pick up the phone. Every support <laughs> department has, you know, a service level agreement, you know, 24 hours for you. So yeah, it can really get snarled really fast. Yeah. I'm not good at all. I'm like, can I just not go through that process and like chat you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> One thing I miss about an office, just being able to like walk over and tap someone on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Um, all right. So Katie, you know, this is once again, it's, it's the rock and roll research podcast. So 
this is the question that I really want to know, right? Everything else is just a warm up because this is what I care about. And I, I have no idea what your answers are going to be because we have not talked music at all. So I'm really fascinated to learn. If you were stranded on a desert island, Katie, and you've got three records at your disposal of your choosing, entirely of your choosing to keep you company for the rest of your days, what are they? Okay, this is a very hard question. <laughs> Just so you know, I feel like streaming has spoiled us so that you yeah. don't, I mean, rarely do I listen to an album like front to, or front, start to end yeah. uh, anymore. So this took me a minute to think of, but <laughs> I think my first one would be Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, yes, yes, classic. I saw her this summer with my daughter. It was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I think my second would be the Hamilton soundtrack, just because it has a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, hip hop, some ballads. And then my last one, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, Everyone's got to cheat on this question. <laughs> it's too hard. Um, I'm like, can I burn a CD and have a mix? Um, I would do the Farewell Yellow Big Road um, set list, which is probably a CD somewhere. It's a Spotify playlist, but um, I'm like 70% sure you can probably buy it. But <laughs> I think that would be my last one. I love Elton John. I would play the bitches back while I'm being rescued. Um, <laughs> awesome <laughs> just really really fun um i also saw him in concert this summer and it was amazing if you get a chance to go yeah cool cool awesome fun choices for sure fun choices uh very good um well this has been a great a great chat katie uh i love your story uh and next time you know maybe maybe over a pint somewhere at a conference we can dig into that a little bit more because i have more questions but um <laughs> But I really appreciate it uh, and uh, certainly wish you all the best at Fuel Cycle. Um, it's a really cool company doing awesome things. Uh, so I really appreciate your time. Let's stay in touch and rock and roll. Awesome. It's like, I can't do it. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to, I was like, I can't. I was like, maybe a pizza night. That's all I got. <laughs>